Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. The Denver Broncos draft hall for the 2021 NFL draft class was pretty successful from the standpoint that the Broncos, they added depth. They didn't have to reach. And now George Payton can sit back and look at the roster that's currently assembled and analyze the future. Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there at Built Bar. And Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, You'll get 15% off your next order. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos Insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast provider because you will get daily exclusive Denver Broncos news content and coverage all year long. We have so many new listeners due to the NFL draft. So if you're a brand new listener to the show, thank you so much for staying locked on to the Denver Broncos. We have you covered, like I mentioned, all year long. But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot to talk about today. Hope you had an amazing draft week. And I know myself, I took a little bit of a trip. I saw my man Mario Vitanzi. He got me feeling great at Omni Chiropractic. My back was so out of sorts. I was completely messed up and my sciatica was completely messed up from the standpoint I couldn't walk without pain. Mario got me right. So if you're in Denver, you need to get fixed. You need to get adjusted. Go check out my man Mario at Mile High Mario on Twitter, but also VitanziTherapy.com, Omni Chiropractic. He is a healer, folks. And obviously, I love his insight that we have here on the show. But with that said, Broncos Country, the 2021 NFL Draft Class is in the books for the organization. And what we're going to do on today's episode of the show, we're going to go through the Broncos picks. We're also going to take a look at Ian Cummings' draft grades for the Broncos' 10 picks from this 2021 NFL draft class. And obviously, we can make some projections along the way. I'm eager to see what some of his insights were as well. So with that said, let's begin by recapping all of the Broncos' picks. And we're going to get to Ian Cummings' thoughts on where the Broncos went and the grades that he did. He, the Broncos apparently came away with several steals, according to Ian, in this draft. He even quoted some of them as this should be robbery so we'll go over those selections as well the Broncos had a six day three picks from the NFL draft on Saturday it concluded but let's go through the draft all here and the first round pick for the Broncos ninth overall Patrick Sertan out of Alabama I really really like this addition I like this pickup and I've been watching his film on the all 22 I've been watching him when he's seeing action I watch him when he doesn't get any action when teams don't throw his way he's just a fun guy he is so technically sound it's crazy that the Broncos got him. I'm, I'm very surprised that he actually was not the first cornerback taken. Obviously, J.C. Horn went to the Carolina Panthers at eight, but man, he's going to be a fun pickup, Broncos country. Even Champ Bailey has a lot of praise for him as well. And with the 35th overall selection, we talked about around two. The Broncos traded up five spots to get Javante Williams out of North Carolina. Very excited for him to be able to mute the media this upcoming week. We'll have coverage and recap as well. When the Broncos get these guys in the facility, in the building, give them the tour, then they're going to meet the media and and we're going to have coverage of that. But also after that, their first third-round selection, Quinn Miners, offensive lineman out of Wisconsin-Whitewater. We talked about his mean, nasty, tenacious mentality.
Bobby, there were a lot of teams. I know several people I talked to who covered the Pittsburgh Steelers, who covered the Miami Dolphins. They were bummed that Denver got him and they weren't able to do it. So Denver was able to propel and get Miners ahead of the Dolphins. They also got Javante Williams over the Dolphins as well, who wanted to take him at 36. That's why Denver catapulted up five spots to be able to get him. So Denver still a little bit of that Dolphins thunder there. But then the final third round selection for Denver, we talked about Baron Browning on Saturday's episode of the show. He's going to come in and not quite sure what his defined role is going to be just yet. He has the ability to play the edge. He has the ability to play inside backer. Knowing what I know about Vic Fangio, I, he's going to get work at both. I think when OTAs and, and minicamp for rookies comes to fruition, he's going to have to work and learn both of those positions. But I imagine his fit's going to be probably an inside linebacker, considering that Denver didn't draft another linebacker at all with the remaining picks that they had. They had six left on day three, and they got the action started in round number five. They picked up a safety out of Texas and Caden Stearns, and he's a thumper. He's a physical guy. He's a ball hawk. He's had some injury concerns in the past, but we're going to break down him a little bit more in depth in the coming segment when we break down Ian Cummings' reaction to the Broncos' draft grades. And I know Ian puts a lot of work in on the NFL draft side of things. I'm going through and doing my research on Stearns even more so now, watching some of his film, reading some of the scouting reports from Tony Pauline and various other draft analysts. And then the Broncos, they double dip in round five at safeties with pick number 164. They took Jamar Johnson. He's a safety out of Indiana. And just a little bit by looking at his frame and watching some of his highlights, some of his tape, he reminds me a little bit of Justin Simmons. And both of these safeties they even talked about in their introductory press conference moments after they were drafted that they do look at film of Justin Simmons and they watch that. So some familiarity there. And I think Simmons will be a great mentor alongside Kareem Jackson for these young guys in the room that features P.J. Locke and even Trey Marshall. It's going to be a deep room. The Broncos, they build a lot of depth. And we're going to get into George Payton's identity, what we learned from his first NFL draft as GM. But in round number six, the Broncos, they go on to get wide receiver Seth Williams. He has some size, some jump ball ability, and there's some gleaming reports about him and maybe what he can offer. So he might be a developmental piece that the Broncos could stash away for maybe a year or two, and then he might make his way into the rotation. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then they go cornerback in round seven with one of their round seven picks. They had three of them. Kerry Vincent Jr., cornerback out of LSU. And then their second, seventh round selection was Jonathan Cooper, edge rusher out of Ohio State. So maybe, maybe he's going to be one of those backup edge guys. But we talk about these seventh round draft picks. Often at times, they're trying to figure out what's their role, right? It's hard when you get drafted in the seventh round, but there is a place. And I mean, I, I do think that maybe Derek Tuska could be put on notice a little bit because he was a seventh rounder last year, but he's undersized for the outside backer position not quite sure what his role is going to be. So we're going to project a lot of fits with the roster in the coming weeks and months ahead leading up to training camp here on Lockdown Broncos. And then the final selection for the Broncos at 253rd overall, it's Marquis Spencer, defensive tackle out of Mississippi State. The Broncos, they actually add one defensive lineman here. And it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of fits into that defensive line room. Might be a moldable guy, sizable guy there, but we're getting a scouting report from Ian Cummings coming up here in just a moment. But Broncos country, before we do that, I got to tell you about the two sponsors of today's episode of the show, and that's our good friends over there, Nugenics and BetOnline.ag. But first with Nugenics, Broncos fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. And to get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231 231. This unique man boosting formula is powered by testophen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase in energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, if you text now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients 
to help you get back into shape absolutely free, just text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates apply. And our good friends over there, betonline.ag, the NFL Draft is in the books, folks. You can start projecting who's going to win the AFC West. You want to put some money on the Broncos there, you're more than welcome to do that at BetOnline. And they're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And with baseball season in full swing, you can track all the action at Bet Online, and this week has tons of sports action on the go. The NFL Draft just concluded. The Kentucky Derby was this weekend, and you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the race to the playoffs for the NBA. The Denver Nuggets are a team that's trying to climb the ladder and get a favorable matchup in round number one. And before the next pitch in baseball, you can also head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news and sign-up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. One thing I wanted to get into a conversation with about Broncos country, the overall reaction to the draft. I feel like there's a good portion of fans who are very supportive of George Payton's first draft, the selections that he made. Then there's a group of fans, and this is with every fan base, not just Denver's, that didn't like any of the picks. Like they may maybe like one or two, but I think it's really hard right now to say, hey, they had a great draft. I think when you look at paper, we can make paper based projections. Like for the Broncos current roster, we can project that they might have the best defense in the NFL in 2021. However, these guys still have to go out on the field. They got to contribute and they got to make that happen. They got to put the work in to be able to make that happen. The coaches have to obviously be on par with that too. But when it comes to the NFL draft for George Payton's first draft as Denver Broncos GM, I think this is going to be something that maybe we're going to see in two to three years. And that's really the process and evaluation of a draft class is it takes two to three years to really figure out, did we get the right class? Now, you're going to have players that maybe have a lot of success in their rookie season. You're going to have players that go into their second season, the sophomore season, and maybe get into a sophomore slump. It's all about the process, right? It's about growing. And I think often at times what people tend to forget about the NFL doesn't matter. You know, you if you've played football your entire life, let's say you go to one team and they don't use you the right way or you're just not a good culture environment fit and you don't mesh with the coaches, you don't mess with the scheme, that can be an issue. But you can go to another team and mesh with the right environment and all of a sudden see success. We see that happen all the time. We see players stay in one system and then they leave it. They go to another system, they struggle, and then they fail. And we see the opposite too, where they leave the system, where they struggled, they go to another system and they thrive. So this is the dynamic nature of the NFL. And I think for George Payton, he said it in his pre-draft press conference and even his introductory press conference that you do not want to build your team through free agency. When you go out through free agency, you're adding players that are going to fulfill an immediate need that you have on your roster. When you look at what the Broncos did this offseason, they addressed needs. They took care of in-house guys and they went out and they added cornerbacks because that was the biggest position of need at the time for Denver outside a quarterback in which they went out and they just traded for Teddy Bridgewater. And I know that's not going to be a move that's popular amongst a lot of fans. Doesn't know if it really pushes the needle in the AFC West. We don't know that yet. We can look at how Drew Locke played last year. We can look at how Teddy Bridgewater played played last year for the Carolina Panthers and we can say okay this isn't going to move the needle based on you know past projections but things change every single year Teddy Bridgewater like I said he's coming into an environment where look there's going to be competition he's going to have guys to throw to Jerry Judy Cortland Sutton Tim Patrick he's going to work with these guys Drew Locke's going to have the same opportunity that Teddy Bridgewater is going to have 
We're going to see if that competition is going to elevate one of those other guys over one another, and then the rules from that point will be defined. Now, when it pertains to these rookies, guys coming to the NFL, there's a lot of projections. Right? For the first round, Patrick Sertan is going to be projected to be a dynamic player for the Broncos. When you look at his athleticism, his physical traits, his football IQ, He's going to project to be one of those key franchise guys down the road. And hopefully, by the time his first contract is up, his rookie deal is up, you're going to extend him. Now, for the Broncos and for George Payton, the goal here is to hit on half your pitch, right? The, the Broncos, they acquire 10 total picks in this year's NFL draft. you got to hope that at least five of those guys hit and be successful. Now, it may not happen in year one. That's where I think we see a lot of these conversations on social media and these forums that a lot of people get frustrated if a player in his rookie season doesn't fit the hype right away. It doesn't mean that that player is not capable of doing that. However, we are accustomed to this instant gratification look. And look, I myself, uh, when I view certain games, and I, I feel like this player has to step up and perform this way, but being an athlete, being a former player, being around the coaching side of things, being around the football admin side of things, I realize that my expectations aren't always aligned with what the reality is of a player's current situation. Environment, coaching, culture, all that stuff matters, and whether or not that there can be some modifications and adjustments made along the way. Now, if the Broncos have five of these guys, five of these 10 players that they drafted, if they can hit successfully, if they can perform and contribute, whether it be on offense, defense, special teams, I think the Broncos are going to be in a good position for the future. And this was George Payton's goal in the first place in this year's NFL draft. In his first draft as general manager for the Denver Broncos, he wanted to go out and add depth. Not necessarily draft based on need, but in round number one, round two, you can draft based on best player available. And then rounds three through seven, a lot of the time, you're going to add maybe role players, developmental guys that you're going to stash away, you're going to work on. And hopefully maybe in two to three years, if something ever happens, they step up. And even if something happens their rookie season or maybe their sophomore season and they're not quite ready to be a starter yet, they may relish in a rotational role. But I think for a lot of these later round guys, they're going to be key special teams players because you have to get these young guys on the board. They have to find a way to earn that paycheck as a rookie, and that's how you get on the field. That's how Malik Reed got on the field. That's how Shelby Harris got on the field for the Broncos, and Draymond Jones stepping up on special teams and then coming in when they had an opportunity on defense and then making the most of those opportunities. Now, for rookies, it may be very scarce. When I look at the Broncos' roster defensively, and even on the offensive side of the ball, it's hard to see a lot of these guys, maybe outside of Patrick Sertan and, and Javante Williams, Baron Browning, I think, is going to have a chance to. Not sure about Quinn Miners just yet, but a lot of these players, at least four of the top five picks that the Broncos had this year, are going to find a way to play in 2021 in some way, shape, or form. And these other guys are more than likely going to be special teams players. You can see a couple of these guys move to the practice squad. But depth and developmental uh, natures of this game is super important. And that's what George Payton and the Broncos College Scouting Department, they believe in developing a lot of these other guys that were drafted in rounds five, six, and seven. You got to develop these guys. Unless they're a special player, we saw Tyree Cleveland last year kind of be an exception to the rule as a seventh round draft pick. He came in. He stepped up on special teams for the Broncos. He came in on wide receiver several times at the beginning of the year, Tennessee Titans game, when the Broncos didn't have Cortland Sutton. He had one catch. It was a screenplay, and he, he got on field. He looked burstful there. And then he was a kick returner for the Broncos, and he was on special teams. He was blocking on punt return for Deontay Spencer. Yes, you go back to that Jets game. He missed that block on that punter. It, you know, Deontay Spencer could have had a touchdown there, but that's just a rookie learning mistake there. But then in the Las Vegas Raiders season finale, he comes in and has all these catches from Drew Locke, and he 
emerged in that role. So it's not impossible for a seventh round guy and even undrafted guys. We'll, we'll break down the undrafted free agents that the Broncos brought in on tomorrow's episode of the show. And also it's going to be Twitter Tuesday. So don't forget to get your questions in at Cody Work NFL. But one thing I learned about George Payton and this draft, and we're obviously going to have to wait and see what the results bear from the selections, but I feel like it was patience. The Broncos didn't necessarily have to reach at any position. They got great value. Yes, they made a couple of trade backs, and the value that they got for those trade backs was more than I think that most people accounted for. Now, I was a little shocked that the Broncos didn't trade one of their fifth-round picks to maybe move up into round five, but they stayed put. They had two fifth-round selections. Then they had three seventh-round selections and one sixth-round selection. So they went in. They didn't have to reach, and they had various players on the board. And it just goes to show in draft season. I mean, we even talked about guys like Hamsa and Cyril Dean out of Florida State. Mario Vitanzi, Patrick Chiodi, and I, we talked about those guys ad nauseum as maybe third or fourth round guys that Denver could pick up. It didn't happen. The Broncos didn't go with those guys there. So it just goes to show that the draft is crazy. You know, I think you have a lot more success projecting guys in round one and round two, round three maybe, but anything kind of mid-round three through the rest, it's just a crapshoot, and it's like throwing darts. So the Broncos, they didn't have to draft based on need. They didn't have to reach. And George Payton's patience was something that I noticed. And a lot of Broncos fans that I've talked to over the weekend, they also feel the same way. And there's going to be Broncos fans that feel a little different about that. But certainly, that's okay. And so Broncos country, we're going to get the Ian Cummings draft analyst over there at Pro Football Network. His grades for the Denver Broncos 2021 draft class coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, folks, i got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there. I told you all throughout the NFL draft I needed to pick me up because I was sitting in my office, my war room for five to six hours at a time posting social media content creating videos, creating podcasts, being in the Pro Football Network war room, I needed something that was going to give me energy and also give me a little bit of flavor. And the new and improved Bill Bar is even more delicious than ever before. 18 amazing flavors and a variety of new flavors that are on the way. Peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel are my go-tos, but there's a lot of damn good flavors with Bill Bar, folks. And the thing I love about Bill Bar the most is that the bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. And an added bonus Bill Bars are healthy. They're great for those who are health conscious like me, and they allow me to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a tasty, delicious treat because the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And I would like you to get your hands on a box of Bill Bar today by going to BillBar.com and using promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order by using promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. And now we're going to get into Ian Cummings, NFL draft analyst over there, Pro Football Network. His grades for the Broncos draft, and there's going to be some interesting grades, and I'll see where my expectations, my grades align with his, but we're going to focus on the Broncos' first-round selection, and Patrick Sertan, he came after J.C. Horn, who went to South South Carolina quarterback, who went to Carolina with the eighth overall pick, and his description here of the selection says, Sertan is a very good player with his athleticism and instincts. He projects well in Vic Fangio's scheme. However, given that Denver still has Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, they may regret passing on fields. It seems as though they're gearing up for competition at the quarterback position, but ultimately they may find that neither quarterback is good enough to lead them to sustained success. The greatest bump down a bit here, due in large part due to the positional value sacrificed. Denver didn't necessarily need to go cornerback here with Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby, but they may still need a new quarterback by the time this is over. He gives it a B minus grade. Uh, you know, and here I love Ian. I interact with Ian every single day at Pro Football Network. I don't know if I'd give it a B minus. I might give it a B plus grade. I, I just don't feel like giving it an A grade. He's a phenomenal player and damn good player at that. 
but I feel like a B grade would probably B or B plus would be more appropriate here considering that Kyle Fuller, he's on a one-year deal. Yes, you have Ronald Darby for three years. Michael Ojemudia could transition to safety at some point. And then Bryce Callahan, he's back on a one-year, I mean, his, he's in the final year of his deal as well. You got a Singh Bassey coming off of ACL. And same thing with Duke Dawson. He's coming off ACL as well, Kevin Tolliver. The Broncos have to figure out the long-term depth of that position. Sertan's going to be the superstar of the Broncos cornerback room. It could be in 2021, but but I imagine he's going to be cornerback one in 2022. He's going to be that guy. Champ Bailey has a lot of high praise. I believe I'm going to give this a B grade here for the Broncos. And you can make that argument. Yes, I mean, right now we could end up in two to three years from now having that hindsight argument that the Broncos missed out on Justin Fields if Justin Fields goes on to have elite success in the National Football League. But with quarterback, it's always a risky pick. How many first-round selection quarterbacks usually go on to have a lot of success long-term? It's very rare. However, with Justin Fields, I think environment also matters. Matt Nagy's offense, I mean, at times you feel like it can play to the styles of what Fields can do as a quarterback, but then again, their offense at times becomes so stagnant. You have to wonder the environment, the fit, the culture that Justin Fields is going into Will that lead him to success? That's a big question mark, right? He might have success in Denver. He might have had elite success in Denver, but he may not have success in Chicago. It's just the nature of the game. We can always play the woulda, coulda, shoulda game. But at the end of the day, we're not going to know until we know. So I don't think we can even evaluate after even just one year, but over, you know, a course of two to three years. And the environments, the situations, the circumstances for each team is always different. And the Broncos' second-round selection here, Javante Williams, he's going to give them a B grade. He says the Broncos gave up the 40th overall pick and 114th picks to trade up to 35th overall where they selected Javante Williams. Williams is no doubt a very strong running back and with the density, explosiveness, and versatility to be a workhorse. However, it remains somewhat ambiguous how he'll compliment Melvin Gordon. Trading up for a running back isn't always optimal value, but Williams will see a ton of daylight behind Denver's line. And I will also talk about this discussion too because when we talk about the argument for you never pay running backs and you never trade up to get a running back, I, I don't know where that came from. I don't know if that came from analytics, guys. I get it. Uh, for a running back, I look at situation. I look at offensive line. If you're going to draft a running back or you're going to sign a running back to some big-time money and they don't have a very good offensive line that can help them run the ball, yeah, it's not going to be a good value move. Denver, in my opinion right now, has a line on paper that I feel like will be a lot more consistent, a lot more solid in 2021, but we just don't know yet. These are just projections. But Javante Williams, in my opinion, is going to be a guy that's going to come in, make an instant impact. And I can see a scenario where it's Javante Williams and Mike Boone in 2022. The Broncos right now, they have Melvin Gordon there. So obviously in his final year, he's going to look to play and contribute in whatever way he can. But these two other backs, if Melvin Gordon doesn't have the really type of year that maybe he expects or that Broncos fans expect for the value that they're paying him, I can see Javante Williams and Mike Boone really being the two-headed back attack for the Broncos in 2022. And he gives that a B grade. I'm going to give it a B grade as well. I think that's pretty agreeance there. You know, A-plus would be a very hard thing to hand out, I think, to anybody. I don't really know if you can hand out an A-plus grade for certain prospects unless you absolutely know he's going to be a contributor and an impact player right away that's going to change and help the Broncos grow in the offensive realm there. Now, Quinn Miners out of Wisconsin-Whitewater, Ian gives him a B-plus grade. It says, for the Broncos, he provides added depth and starting ability. And even though the Broncos have Lloyd Cushenberry, Graham Glasgow, and Dalton Reisner, Miners can break through and drive open lanes for Williams and Melvin Gordon. Given the linebackers on the board, this isn't a perfect selection. 
but he is a good player. And the Broncos were able to get a linebacker shortly afterwards by selecting Baron Browning out of Ohio State. And Ian actually gives this grade an A+. He says the Broncos closes out the third round with one of the best value deals of the 2021 NFL Draft. With his elite athletic profile and size, Baron Browning looked more like a fringe round one prospect then fringe day two, and Browning has off-ball versatility, but he also has the burst and length to be an extra threat off the edge. The Broncos committed robbery here. I like it, Ian. I would give this you know, an A grade. I don't think I'm ever going to give anybody an A-plus grade unless it's absolutely a home run, and I know that I got the Nostradamus ball telling me it's going to be an A-plus, but I think for the value in which the Broncos got Baron Browning, he could very well be their entire steal of this year's draft class for the team. And then the Broncos get in around five. Caden Stearns receives an A grade from Ian. Ian says he's one of the most athletic defensive backs in the NFL draft, so naturally he's a good value pick here. He won't fail into the free safety role since Justin Simmons has been extended long-term, but with Kareem Jackson set to enter free agency next offseason, Stearns has the short-range explosiveness and physicality to be a high-upside player in a too-high safety role alongside Simmons, and this gives the Broncos a lot of versatility at safety, which is always a good thing to have. And more than likely, I think Stearns is going to transition to that strong safety type player here for the Broncos. He could be a hybrid guy who could come in and play some dime backer for them as well. I'm very excited to see what George Payton and Vic Fangio can do with these guys here that they got a little bit later on in the draft. But a lot of people are claiming that the Stearns pick, he went a lot later than most people thought. I think a lot of that was due to some previous injury concerns. So we'll see how things pan out. But Ian gives this a, a grade here. Jamar Johnson, the Broncos' other safety that they got out of Indiana, he says, I love the player and the value. Jamar Johnson has very good size, and he has enough short-range explosiveness to traverse smaller areas and make plays on the ball. He also has some modest versatility with his instinctive play style. And that said, the Broncos did already draft Stearns as safety, so as of now, it seems like the two will be fighting for exposure on the field, and the position might still be a little bit oversaturated. Perhaps Denver could have better mesh capital with opportunity. Still, Johnson is great value addition at this juncture. And one thing I'll throw here that Ian probably didn't touch on, you know, Ian covers a lot of teams. He he does a lot of extensive research on these players in the draft process. But for the Broncos, we've had this conversation here on Lockdown Broncos various times that if something were to happen injury-wise to Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, all of us back home, media, fans, are worried about what the team would look like, what the defense would look like without those guys. Jamar Johnson and Stearns, in my opinion, could be moldable guys to where if one of those guys goes down, you're not going to necessarily have too much worry. Yes, you're going to miss the production of obviously these talented players who are starters in the National Football League, but maybe with the instincts and if they're developed and they're coached up the right way, if something were to happen, they would be ready. And I don't think the Broncos necessarily had that with Trey Marshall. Trey Marshall was dealing with a variety of different injuries. You know, being a special teams guy, he's a key special teams player. And both these players are going to play special teams for the Broncos in Tom McMahon in 2021. So we'll see how things go. But he gives the Jamar Johnson pick a B-plus grade. Now we're going to get to Seth Williams, wide receiver out of Auburn. And he says, once viewed as a potential day two prospect, Seth Williams fell into the Broncos at the tail end of the sixth round. He has a lot of appealing traits on the boundary. Among them is size and athleticism. However, he doesn't play to his maximum potential consistently enough. And for a boundary archetype, He's not consistent enough in contested situations, but nevertheless, he provides good upside for a very low price. And we know that Coach Azani's going to get on him. He's going to get him right. And he's very tough on his wide receivers. He and Emmanuel Sanders a few years ago butted heads, but Emmanuel Sanders ended up coming around and loving Coach Z. He gets those guys right, and he gets the best out of them. So we'll see what he can do with Seth Williams. And getting into the Broncos' final picks here, Kerry Vincent Jr. out of LSU. He's a cornerback. Ian gives him an A-minus grade, says this is a great pick towards the end of the Broncos' draft. He's an excellent athlete with the top-end speed to fly around the field and impact the play. He's fairly versatile. 
versatile, but especially in the slot, and he's a good long-term security behind Bryce Callahan. I like that analysis there in terms of security. He could play inside in the slot and the nickel. Jonathan Cooper, edge rusher out of Ohio State. This is an A grade. He says one thing the Broncos haven't addressed at this point is their edge depth, and that was one of their bigger needs coming to the draft, and they managed to snipe a very good value deal here in round seven, and Jonathan Cooper is one of the standouts at the Senior Bowl. He's not a top-tier athletic talent, but he wins with fast, precise hands. He can be a steady rotational player for a long time. And after this season, too, Malik Reed's contract is going to be up. Is he going to stay in Denver? He's going to look to get money on the open market. It's going to be an interesting prospect there. Marquis Spencer, the Broncos' final draft selection in the 2021 draft class, a B-plus grade, says he's a raw physical trait on the defensive line. It's a good move. He's six foot four, 300 pounds, and he's got that frame, 33-inch arms. He also has some developmental potential as an athlete. And with nothing to lose late in round seven, this is a solid decision. And Ian gives the overall Broncos draft grade a B plus. So Broncos country, do you agree with Ian or do you dispute what he has to say? Let me know on Twitter at Cody Rookenfail at Locked On Broncos. Eager for your thoughts. We'll get into some of the undrafted rookie free agents that the Broncos are bringing in. We're going to have some press clips from some of the press conferences that these players are going to have as they're introduced to the media this week as they come to Denver. And we're going to have you covered with any kind of Broncos news content and coverage that comes your way. We're also going to project the roster here soon. But in the offseason coming up here shortly before OTA's minicamp, you can expect the ultimate division crossovers where we're going to sit down with all the hosts of all the AFC West teams. And we're going to talk about what the teams did this offseason to push the needle to compete or even move up and down the rankings in the AFC and even inside the division. But with that said, Broncos Country, that'll do it for today's episode of the show. Just a reminder, after this podcast, be sure to go check out the Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski as he recaps the NFL Draft Weekend. Who are the biggest winners and losers? Check out Locked On Today on your favorite podcast provider and the Odyssey app with Peter Bukowski. But with that said, I'm Cody Rourke, host of Locked On Broncos, Broncos Country. Tomorrow is Twitter Tuesday. Don't forget to send me your tweets with your Broncos-related questions and I'll answer them in depth on tomorrow's episode of the show. I'll see you tomorrow.